You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, listeners. This is Gary Chahot from the French History Podcast. Katie and Nathan wanted me to warn you that they use strong language in the show, so if that's not your thing, this might not be the show for you. If you do want to listen to a show without swearing but is just as steamy, check out the French History Podcast and learn about the country of art, love, and culture from three million years ago to present. Now, if you'll pardon their French, it's on with the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Katie. How are you? Fierce, fabulous, and flawless. Obviously. <laughs> As I, always. I think you're also on the goof train a little bit yeah, today. A little bit. A little, little bit. A little mm. bit. Nathan, I am so excited to talk about this queen. Yeah, you went down so many rabbit holes on this one. There are so many rabbit holes to go down. We have to thank our friend Seth. Uh-huh. for suggesting this. This is our this is also our season 4 season finale. Bow, bow, bow. Bow. It's a, it's going to be a two-parter. So this is part 1 of the season finale. And who are we talking about, Nathan? Emma of Normandy. Emma of Normandy. She was queen consort of England twice uh-huh. through two different marriages as well of queen uh, the Queen of Denmark, the Queen of Norway. She's just queening it up, honey. She is just, she is just regal as fuck, and I am so excited to talk about her. But first, Nathan. Katie! What are we drinking? <laughs> so, we are drinking the Normandy flower. Flower power, girl. Yeah. Um, so, it's two shots of Calvados, mm-hmm. which is um, like apple brandy. Okay. And then half a shot of elderberry liqueur. And then you just top it off with some tonic water and some lemon juice and you're good gal. Okay. Well, I actually, this is the fun thing about getting to record in person again, because used to, you would send me the recipe and I'd go buy the ingredients myself and we'd make them separately. But this is taking it back to the old days where I'm tasting this for the first time. Do you think I'm going to like it? Cheers, bitches. Well, you're, it's the only thing you got. (laughs) (laughs) You don't got any other options. (laughs) But it's also not like, um, you know, garbage juice like we've had before. <laughs> Let's, you want to talk about Emma? Emma, 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 Emma. Let's get into Emma's life. So she was born in Normandy circa 984, which is like modern day France. Um, do you remember when we talked about uh, William the Conqueror oh, and everything? Yeah. Uh-huh. His, like his wife, Matilda. This is, she's the same family oh, as yeah. him. Yeah. She was the daughter of the Duke of Normandy and a noble woman named Ganor. 
And her dad was known as Robert the Fearless, and he was like a really powerful dude over in Normandy. I mean, with that name. With that name. How could you not? So fucking punk rock. The fear. It is very punk rock, actually. <laughs> You're very right. Some sources say she was born in 990, but the mid-980s seems like the more acceptable. Yeah, so right off the bat, rabbit hole relationship right here about her parents. So... Her dad was Duke of Normandy, so super duper powerful. Mm -hmm. And the legend goes that one day he saw this noble woman and was like, "Uh, OMG, Mm -hmm. I have got to put my dick in that. Must bang. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) So this this woman that he must bang Mm -hmm. was like, "Uh, I'm married. And Duke Daddy was like, I'm not really sure what to do. He was like, I don't see what the problem is. is Um, I'm the Duke. Maybe you've heard of me, so... I'm the Duke DTF. Fearless. Down to fuck. <laughs> I am the Duke DTF. Down to fuck. <laughs> Meet me in my rooms. And so she didn't really want to, like, cheat on her husband, so she sent her beautiful single sister instead, which is kind of problematic. Uh, but... Yeah. A girl named Gunner. <laughs> yeah. So that's Emma's mom. So that's their meet cute. <laughs> it's a little horrifying, but whatever. DTF. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's problematic, but that's how they hooked up. And they ended up, well, at least that's the legend, but they ended up hitting it off and they had eight children. Babies on babies on babies. Babies on babies on babies. And the fourth was a daughter named Emma. So something interesting, though, is that her parents weren't legally married. Nathan um, did the air quotes. <laughs> Nathan, they can't see you. <laughs> so at this time in France, there was this kind of like common law marriage that was <laughs> genuinely accepted. Um, so it's likely that mom and dad had one of these type of relationships. Right. Um, but then when they were told that one of their sons could never become an archbishop if his parents were married by the church, that's when mom and dad formally got hitched. Yeah, and that sent me down a rabbit hole. Surprise, surprise. But like like I said, when we talked about Matilda of Flanders and William the Conqueror, William the Conqueror was a bastard. Mm-hmm. Or that was the term they used back then. And um, it was this like hindrance for him his whole life when he went over to England. But he grew up in Normandy, and that didn't stop him from becoming Duke of Normandy. So I think that's really interesting that it was um, in the Norman tradition, it seems like marriage was kind of optional. Whereas it's so different than when we read about like in England and stuff like that, where it was like, well, if you're not married, you're a bastard and you can't inherit. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of seems like it was a little bit more laissez-faire over in Normandy. Ooh, look at you with your friends. Yeah, (laughs) wee-wee. So we're going to get Katie out of that rabbit hole. Digging myself out. Digging myself out. So Emma was actually born before her parents were married. So uh, she was a bastard. She was a bastard. <laughs> so, but even though they weren't married yet, she was still like, "You're the daughter of the duke." She was like, raised. She's, she's somebody bougie. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. bitch is bad and bougie. She is cooking up shit with an Uzi. Absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> she would have had a privileged upbringing. To, yeah, to I mean as. As bougie as it can be in the 900s. Living in her castle, getting her perm, her hair done. Avoiding the plague. <laughs> you know, living that best life. That 10th century life. Yes. <laughs> so, what was going on in Normandy at the time? Um, to just really oversimplify things. 
This is the time when the Vikings were just fucking crushing it. Mm-hmm. They were raping and pillaging their way through the world. Which we don't condone. Which we do not condone. <laughs> official official statement, Queen's Podcast, do not rape or pillage. Neither are acceptable. But um, Normandy had like this agreement with the Vikings. If we rewind about 100 years or so, there was this Viking guy named Rollo. And he was coming into the French lands and just starting shit. And so finally, the king of France at the time was like, if we just give you some lands to colonize, like, will you quit coming around and fucking up all their shit? And he was like, yeah. So they made him a duke and they gave him Normandy. So now everybody in Normandy are descendants of Vikings. And like I said, that's a very oversimplification, but that's the gist here. So Normandy and the Vikings have a very chill relationship. Um, And maybe that'll be important later. I decay. Emma's mom was very, very close to her relatives in Denmark. And so Emma would have spoken Danish. Oh, nice. Along with French and English. She's cultured. She is cultured, yes. Wee wee. Wee wee. So, Normandy and the Vikings have like this agreement together. So, it's like if y'all promise to never come over and attack Normandy again, you know, we'll give you safe harbor here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, if the Vikings are out storming England, they can come over and hop over to Normandy to count their money, sort out their shit. And then they head back to Sweden, Norway, wherever the fuck Vikings are from. Right, right. <laughs> this is all important to Emma's story, we swear. <laughs> yes, boss. Yes, boss. So when Emma was about 12 years old, her dad died. And her brother, also named Robert, because <laughs> real inventive with names. Not very creative. Yeah, uh, he became the Duke of Normandy, and her brother seemed to be this really popular leader, and kept their mom, Gunner, around to act as one of his, like, advisors. I think that's cool. Yeah, for females didn't get that honor Yeah. Uh, which tells me from a young age that Emma saw that women could be powerful. Yeah. You know, that's very important that she's like, I can grab him by the pussy one day. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably exactly what she thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she was like... Look, my mom is an advisor to a powerful fucking duke. Why shouldn't I one day be an advisor to a powerful fucking duke? Yeah, like, why shouldn't I also have this place? So I think she had a good role model Mm -hmm. there in her mother. So during her brother's tenure as duke, the relationships with their neighbor England, because, I mean, it's right across the sea right there, um, they were bad. (laughs) There were some bad relations. In fact, the current king of England had tried to kidnap her brother, the duke. That's problematic. Yeah, it's not great. This is because, like we said, Normandy was acting like the safe haven to the Vikings. And the English were the ones that were constantly just getting their asses handed to them by the raiders from the north. And so, I mean, they're Vikings. So. What, what, do <laughs> what do you expect? But no, like, you, I could see how this would be shitty, make for bad relations between the two lands of, like, you are aiding and abetting these people that are coming and, like, Robbing stealing me. all our yeah. shit and raping all our women and killing all our people. Like, so, yeah, they were bad. Um, so, so Brother Duke was like, 
Ooh, I need to pre- prepare. Mm-hmm. I need to repair some of these relationships with England. And he was like, oh, let me get you a little stroke of luck. And the Queen of England died, and the king is now looking for a new wife. I mean, stroke of luck, probably not luck for the queen, but. Because no, she did. Because she did. <laughs> Richard is like, this is perfect. I have several unmarried sisters. Let's become brothers in law and we'll like get a treaty going and cause some peace. This will be good for everybody. And the fact that the English, um, the fact that the English king was even entertaining making like a peace treaty with Normandy, I think shows how desperate he was to get the fucking Vikings out of his shit. So the marriage negotiations begin with England and Normandy. Mm -hmm. And Emma is like 17 or 18 at the time, so she's not really a baby at this point. Thank God. Uh, Yeah, so we hope. We hope. (laughs) If she was born in the 990s, then yeah, she would have been like, "Mm 12. What was that again? 12. I don't like it. I don't like it. Either fucking way. Little baby girls having to marry grown ass men. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of blue. It's very blue. Uh, yeah. Either way, a lot of she's a lot younger than her husband. Yeah. So moral of the story, who's about twenty years older than her. Yeah. So he would have been mid to late thirties, coming on forty. The- I. I do believe, though, that Emma would have been since she was little. She would have known she was going to make a dynastic relate like marriage she probably was never under the impression that she was going to get to marry for love Mm -hmm. we have no proof on how she like actually felt about marrying a much older man who has tried to kill your brother several times (gasps) but i think she would have been pragmatic about it and knowing that this is always what something like this was always going to be her destiny Mm -hmm. to be married off and at least with this one she gets to be a queen and not, like, just some random Earl's wife or something like that, you know? The Duke of Earl, 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 Duke, Duke. Duke, Duke of Earl, Earl. I hadn't thought about that song in a very long time, Nathan. Until now. Until now. So, however, one big part of their marriage negotiations gives me, like, she thinks that her brother doesn't give a fuck about her. Uh, I don't think she thinks that. Really? Uh, come on, but he really doesn't. <laughs> He made a part of their marriage negotiation that she got to be crowned and anointed and have a coronation because the the king's last wife was never technically queen. Oh. The king of England, queens of England back then didn't get coronations and they weren't called queen. Was this another rabbit hole you went down? Yes, Nathan. <laughs> so back then, the queen... <laughs> Uh, or the the king's wife in England was basically just that. She didn't have any power. She didn't get anointed. She didn't have a coronation. And so part of Emma's marriage negotiation was like, well, no, she's she's going to have a coronation after the wedding. She's going to be queen. She's going to be queen. She's not just the king's wife. Yes, bitch. So I think that does show that her brother did care about her. Or, or at least the standing of Normandy. Right, there's not much, that, yeah, agreed. So, while I don't appreciate that she had to be married off to a much older man, I do appreciate that they took those, like, took the time to make sure she's going to have power, she's going to have status, 
and she's going to have lands. That was also part of their marriage agreement, that she was going to have all these properties that she got the rents off of. Nice. All the rents. All the rents. (laughs) Well, it was more than one property, so it was was more than one rent. (laughs) So like we said earlier, the king, especially in England, didn't marry a foreign princess. Right. And usually the king would marry a woman from a noble family in England. Or, you know, that that was the best way of, you know, keeping the local people loyal mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you're in England, keep it all under one house. Right. <laughs> right. And if they crowned, before, if they crowned the king's wife queen... That can make the other houses jealous. So that's why have jealous. So that's why having a foreigner come in and making her queen. It was just this. It was just this very undone thing. It was very not normal. Hello, everyone. Takuyi here, and I'm Gabby, and we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is well, I mean it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hey y'all, spooky season is here, and if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley. Not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. But let's talk about Emma's husband-to-be. Yeah, his name is Ethelred the Unready. So sad to have that name. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, he was not ready. Um, <laughs> Ethelred is spelt with one of the, it's like this letter that I had to copy and paste because I don't know how to make it happen it's on the my keyboard. It's the A with the E. It's, it's the A and the E hybrid. You don't see it much anymore. Um, I think Elon Musk put that letter in his kid's name because of course he, he did. He did, he did. Yeah. But yeah, he's going as, down... As well as a math equation? Oh, my God. That poor kid. I anyway. Think... <laughs> Can you imagine in class, like, the teacher trying, you know, the first day of class each year and trying to, like, read off that kid's name? E-M-C squared <laughs> April. <laughs> Horrible. They call me Frank. Anyway. Um... <laughs> so he's gone down in history as Ethelred the Unready, but it's at... It's actually, like, it's a play on words that doesn't translate directly now, but the person that made this nickname for him thought they were, they'd really done something there. They thought they were doing something really clever. So the name Ethelred, Ethel means good, and red means counseled. 
So his name literally means of good counsel. And unready back then means of bad counsel. So someone just thought it was like, <laughs> ah, good counsel, bad counsel. Because he really, he made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever made this nickname for Ethelred the Unready thought that they were fucking hilarious. Yeah, and he's a pretty complicated guy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his mm-hmm. mom probably had his older brother murdered. So that's fun. <laughs> so he became king and he was like 10 years old. And we always know that baby kings baby kings never do babies well. don't need jobs. <laughs> babies do not need jobs. And he had a really fucked up relationship with both all of his nobles and the church. And then also it's paired with the Vikings were always coming in and attacking. So dude just was he was not he wasn't ready for this jelly. <laughs> the red wasn't ready for this jelly. Oh my god! So, home dude has a bad reputation. Um, sung by Joan Jett, mm-hmm. uh, which Emma would have known about because yeah. she knew who Joan Jett was. She, yes, <laughs> absolutely. She uh, would have been briefed on the situation <laughs> that she was she was getting into. Yeah, which is like I'm going to be an advisor to my husband, and you know the way that my mom was an advisor to her man. Exactly. So I think this was like a hopeful. Thing it was a hopeful journey over to mm-hmm. England for her. Ethelred already had like ten kids. Ethel was ready for that jelly. <laughs> he was ready for something. I actually thought that it was strange that he wanted to marry again at all. Because, like, all of these old-ass dynasties that we talk about, when you have too many sons... It's problematic. It's They're always trying to kill each other. They're always trying to kill you. So, he must it's have It's like been... a family reunion. Oh, it's a family <laughs> feud, more like. Oh! Ah! <laughs> Survey says. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling Mae West. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, like, I, he must have been so desperate for this help against the Vikings that he was wanting to marry again, is the way I look at it. Because, like, he had heirs and spares out the ass. Galore. So he didn't oh. need another wife to make more heirs and spares. But whatever. Emma yeah. headed over in 10,002. 10,002. She sailed the channel blue. Which channel? The English channel. Oh, wait, I thought it was NBC. No. So this is <laughs> this is where the date of birth debacle comes in. Mm-hmm. So we think that she, she was like born around 984. She's like 1817 mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But if she was born in like 990, she's like a sweet little baby boy girl. The marriage and the coronations were both, like, to-dos. Like, they were big fucking events. They were expensive. To-dos. To-dos. (laughs) Like, they... England was just really hoping that this marriage would make the Vikings go the fuck away. (laughs) So they pulled out the red carpet. They did all the feasting, did all the drinking, and they were just, everybody was really, really optimistic that this would help the country. Yeah. So Emma settles in and starts trying to, like, learn the culture, mm-hmm. the environment, which yes. is environment. We oui, oui. If you're gay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> she adopts the name Elfgafa. Mm. <laughs> we're going to keep calling her Emma, if y'all don't mind, though. <laughs> I mean, that was a very common English name. 
That had been Ethelred's mom's name. Elfgatha? Or maybe, no. No, it was it was Ethelred's first wife's name. Ethelga the Unready. But it seems her being so eager to learn the culture actually made her really popular. Go imagine that. Imagine that. I think that's happened to many of our queens. Like yeah. The moment you like uh, Catherine the Great, the yeah. moment you start playing into the culture, they're like, "OMG, oh. <laughs> serving us positive <laughs> energy." <laughs> I wish we had evidence that it was a happy marriage. Yeah, we don't have any evidence. We have evidence in the. I mean, not hard evidence, but there's a lot of suggestions that it wasn't. A happy marriage. Towards the end of her life, uh, Emma actually writes a biography, and she doesn't mention Ethelred in it. Burn. So sick. Burn. It doesn't seem like he really respected her much anyway. Mm-hmm. So if she thought she was going to have a role or power as an advisor, mm. she was mistaken. Mm. I hate that for her. In fact, the lands that she was promised in the marriage contract. I guess she didn't read the fine print because it seems like she didn't even get those until she had children. There was an asterisk. There was an asterisk. And And she she didn't didn't read the bottom of the page. She didn't read. Yeah. You got to have your lawyers look over that shit. Right? God. So again, if she was younger, she would have been like 12. Mm -hmm. But baby girl, what is you doing? And, you know, that might have had something to do with it at that point. Like why she wasn't given like a higher place in court if she was only like 12. Exactly. So, unfortunately, neither Emma or Ethelred ever took the time to, like, discuss the marriage contract or their feelings towards each other. So, we just don't know. No. We just don't know. If Emma was disappointed at not having a great relationship with her husband, she didn't seem to let her get it. Like, she wasn't down about it. She started working towards funding building churches and started, like, building up charities. She was bound and determined to make um, her place in this new country that she is now queen of, you know? Yes. I remember, yes. I remember (laughs) she's part of this, quote-unquote, Viking culture also. So she really wants to help the English people see that, like, look, not everyone from Denmark... Or scary monsters. There's just like normal people from there too. So she's really trying to put a big band-aid on the country. Nice. Yes. And guess what? What? Emma is pregnant. Oh, <laughs> good for her. Like right away. Like right away. Bending this rift in the country. Because mm-hmm. now they have like a king, queen duo and now she has a baby. So yeah. Like I think we've talked about in almost every one of our episodes is the moment you have a baby. It's like everybody's like, yeah. Yes. So she's looking like a perfect medieval <laughs> queen at this point, you know, mm-hmm. perfect medieval queen. She's beautiful, young, fertile thumbs up. So tell me how Ethelred got his name. Oh, Ethelred the unready. Well, he got some bad advice. Um, know. Her husband decided to do some genocide. Okay, just just dabbled in. He di- he dipped his murder. toe in the genocide pool, and then decided right. to just stick a whole foot in. Yeah, sorry about it. We've had some queens that have gone down that path. But I don't, I don't think Emma had anything to do with this because it wouldn't. 
this whole thing, and there's just not enough information. If you could see me right now, I have my hands on my head because this whole thing. Flames on the side of my face. Flames on the side of my face. It pissed me off so bad. So this event is called St. Bryce's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's really hard to research. It was really hard to research. And I don't know what made Ethelred pull the trigger on it. I, he just woke up one day and chose violence, I guess. All right. There are choices. Choices. <laughs> it's got to be more nuanced than that, but I just can't. Just one day he woke up and decided we're going to kill all the Danish people in the country. Uh-huh. Genocide is not cool. Um, so in <laughs> November of 1002, Columbus did not sell the ocean blue, mm-hmm. and it was the feast of St. Bryce's Day. And the king ordered the killing of all the Danish peeps in England. Just like in Normandy, over the last, like, a hundred so years, a whole lot of Danish people have settled in England. And they're not all Vikings. Most of them are just farmers. Yeah, and, like, your English folk are married to Danish people. They're intermarried (laughs) into the society. They're paying taxes. They probably consider themselves more English than Danish at this point. Mm -hmm. But Ethelred was just like, nah, we got to get rid of them. And so, yeah, just kind of one day, he called for the quote-unquote extermination of the Danish people. It's a very Hitler of you. It's a very Hitler-y... Yeah. No, thank you. No, thanks. This other quote that I read, I don't fully understand it. He said, they were a cockle amongst the wheat. I like cockles. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) But no, cockles are, from what I can tell, they're like oysters, right? Yes. (laughs) I just think dick. Yeah. Focus, Nathan, focus. Uh, did, did, did. No, remember remember in Game of Thrones when Arya was selling like cockles, oh, clams. Right, you're right, you're right. So they're like a they're like a bearded clam. They're like yeah, God. They're like some kind of seafood thing. And so wheat doesn't grow at the sea. So that's the only thing I could think was like cockles amongst the wheat must mean they don't belong here. Yes. Yes, I think I you're guess? right. I guess? Right. I don't know. I couldn't fucking figure out what he meant about... If anybody knows what the fuck cockles amongst the wheat means, please hit us up. But for real, the moral of the story is shit's about to get real. And it's about to get real <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> so, Ethelred, the unready, orders that every Danish man be, quote-unquote, put to sword. Ah, oh, you're so problematic. And that means kilt. Yeah. And that's horrible, but... That's kind of what went down. Well, and also he said every man, but it wasn't just the men that were killed. It was every Danish man and his wife and their children. They murdered babies. No, no. Men, women, children, toddlers, teenagers. Dead, dead. This is not a good rap Dead, 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 dead. No, this is not not going to make it to the top of the pops. No. There were several stories of, like, families. And when I say families, I mean dad, mom, grandma. The whole extended families. Everybody's dead. Everybody running into churches and claiming sanctuary. Uh, Quasimodo-style sanctuary. uh, And then 
Ethelred's dudes being like, well, Vikings are pagans anyway, so this doesn't actually mean anything to you. So they... Brutal. So what they did, this is so fucked up, trigger warning? I mean, we're talking about genocide, so obviously. They'd go and chain all of the doors in the churches closed. Oh. And then set the churches on fire. Oh, no. Right? That is Southern for, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So it's fucked up and um to say the least it's fucked up to the to the umpteenth degree umpteenth. and we turned that fucked up to 11 and again some of these people have never fucking been to denmark right they're just normal people living they, their normal lives they're farmers getting burned and, in churches and just one day their king shows up and is like y'all gotta die and they're like why and he's like i don't know like just decided today y'all gotta die so needless to say this wasn't really a popular move well like like we said these people had integrated into the society a lot of them their families have been there for generations yeah they're like why the fuck did you burn our church down and kill our neighbors you know like it was it was not cash money no no cash money and and one of the women who was murdered was the sister of the king of denmark Mm. a guy called schweinfolkbeard Why did you say it with the German accent? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe um, that's not some good diplomacy to kill a foreign king's sister. With the name of Forkbeard. <laughs> his name? Forkbeard. I have to imagine that his beard had Very prongs. Was like... <laughs> I wish I could see Katie's description visually of the prongs on her beard. Yes. But Ethelred was immediately like, oh. My advisors told me to do this. My team told me this My would be... My team told me this would be... Super popular. It's have you... Go, going to make me go up in the polls. Have you... <laughs> so, put yourself in Emma's shoes. Probably a size four. Probably five. a size four or five. Like, she's got... She's probably got real tiny feet. <laughs> but you're big and pregnant, and you're a foreigner, and your husband does a genocide against all of the Danish people, and you yourself... I'm fluent in Danish. Yeah, well, did he mean to kill me? Your mother is from Denmark, and you're just like, gulp. <laughs> how, co- I mean, how, how would you feel? I'd be shitting myself. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder she left this first husband out of her biography. And it, I think this also goes to show how little respect he had for her. Preach. I mean, your wife is descended from the Danes and now you're killing all the Danish people in the land even though she's sent here to try to mend this rift and shitting yourself I think that's the perfect way to put it (laughs) I would be so fucking scared if I I was her it was just I would be like okay if I wasn't carrying your child would you have also killed me the answer is probably yes I mean it's very (laughs) fucking stressful right but either way in 1003 like exactly nine months after their wedding, mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a baby boy. Baby boy, you've been on my mind. mind. Fulfilled my regency. <laughs> and over the next three years, she had two more kids. So two boys, one girl. She's doing pretty good in this yeah. world. Hello. And each child she had, she got more land, more clout, mm-hmm. more bouginess. And mm-hmm. in fact, in 1006, she was even like singing charters alongside things. Charters! Charters! (laughs) I need my charters! Charters! (laughs) In 1006, she was signing 
charters alongside her husband. Yeah. So it seems like she's finally getting some of that respect that she thought she would have from the beginning. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Apparently you have to have babies to get it. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Her two sons are Edward and Alfred. And her daughter's name is Godgafu? I'm not missing any of these Anglo-Saxon names. Is what I'm getting. Godgafu. That sounds like a ooh. Yeah, I don't love it. (laughs) So she had these babies like bam, bam, bam. Like one after the other. And then she completely stopped having babies. So it makes me think her and Ethelred, like, I feel like she was eventually like, I've, we're done. I've fulfilled my regency. I've fulfilled the baby quota. (laughs) I don't particularly like you. I mean, this is just all speculation, but that's how I feel is that after she had the three babies, either they agreed or like maybe they lived separate lives. Again, this is speculation, but. Yeah, but he was also like preoccupied with war dicking and things so i just wish we knew more about their relationship i do too but i feel like you can you can also make speculation Mm -hmm. based on that for like there was baby 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 like three years in a row and then the babies stop and they're married for like another 10 years and there's no more babies so So i think they just weren't fucking after that i don't think they liked each other very much to each his own yeah that probably also didn't help with their relationship or anything was that this fork beard guy? Yeah, because his beard is really forky. Um, and also they had killed his sister. Oh, probably. And he hadn't forgotten about that. Oh. Funny, funny how those things don't slip your mind. Now, whoops. Um, to show how pissed off he was, he came to Exeter. So Exeter was the big place, like in their marriage agreement. Once she had the kids. Like, the most wealthy town that she, like, got the rents off of was this place called Exeter. And so whenever he decided he was pissed off and he was going to show them they were pissed off, he came and stuck his fork in Exeter. And he's got a fork beard. And he's got a fork beard and he stuck it in Exeter. But no, like, he set the town on fire. And it almost seemed... Buddha, 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 it was, it was a very Boudicca move, but it also seemed like it was deliberate to be like, you killed my sister, I'm going to make a threat against your wife. Oh. So how would you feel if you were Emma in that situation? I'd, I might be like, how, oh, man? You kind of hit me a little bit like, deep. Hey, That's a little problematic. Hey, I'm Danish, though. Oh. Don't, please don't kill me. Like, they killed your sister. I'd be a little nervous. <laughs> That's an understatement. I have a little anxiety. <laughs> so over the next few years, the Danish king, Forkbeard, uh, really just kind of wants to kick England's ass. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> so these attacks range from, like, small attacks from the bushes to, like, full-on battles. Wars. Yes. And this is a time in England where, you know, they had a good army-ish. <laughs> the Danes had a better army. Okay, there we go. Yes. <laughs> so it's also a time of instability in England because Ethelred's adult sons from his first marriage were like, dude, you were so bad at being king. You were so bad at this. Let us take over. And Ethelred was like, I think fucking not. Uh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> and so his sons were undermining him, like, a lot. So there's, like, this instability internally, which is never good for a country under siege, you know? Yeah. And side note, Emma and Ethelred's son are, like, the same age. Yeah. 
and so her son's kind of... Makes me feel dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Ethelred's sons kind of resent her. Also, you know, it's like, you're my age, and you're married to my dad, and, like, you're Danish. And it was just... It was... Oh, I do not envy her family situation yes. there in England. And in 1013, after being Queen of England for a ripe old age of nine years, yeah. Emma's like, y'all, this shit is getting tense. I don't really like the vibe here in England. Yeah, the, I, we need to change the feng shui. Yeah. So she took her three kids and arranged them in a proper order. And they went back to her brother's house in Normandy and got the fuck. Got the fuck out. (laughs) Though that means, I mean, they did kind of basically flee the country empty handed. I mean, she was still going to her brother's house, who was a fucking duke. But she couldn't bring any of her money with her. It was all tied up in the lands in England. They basically had to get the fuck out. With the clothes on their back, empty-handed. But her brother's not, like, poor. No. (laughs) But still, it's a scary situation. But she still was dripping in jewels at Laguanza. Like, she may have looked pretty at at the balls. But also, you could have been scared, like, fleeing that, like, maybe the Vikings were going to attack your ship. Yeah. I mean, it was it would have been a very scary situation yeah. fleeing England with her three little babies hopping over to Normandy empty-handed. Yeah. So her husband joined her like a couple months later and just really don't know if he was like, you know, you go ahead or like if she's like just fuck you. Just she just left with Al. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think that he was like, y'all should go? Or do you think she's just like fled in the middle of the night? Bounced. I you think, think she, she just bounced? bounced? Like, she Irished goodbye. <laughs> she's like, bye. <laughs> I, I'm, it doesn't, again, it doesn't seem like they had a warm relationship. So maybe she should, she did just bounce. bounce maybe bounce, she, bounce, 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 bounce. she didn't oh. want to get, she didn't want to get fork bearded. Oh, don't sing that. Yeah. <laughs> she, fork beard me. <laughs> she did not want to get fork bearded. <laughs> But once she got to Normandy, it does appear that she asked, she had to ask her brother if her husband could come over. Ouch. I know. What if, and what if he would have said no? I guess she would have been like, all right, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay, bye. But he did say yes. And so, yeah, Ethelred joined them pretty soon in Normandy as well. Which is basically, it basically means Ethelred gave up his crown and this Forkbeard guy came over with his sons, Canute and Harold, and was like, I'm king now. That sounds like a country band. Canute and Harold? <laughs> Forkbeard, Canute and Harold? <laughs> I, I can just hear him doing a cover of Sweet Home Alabama, absolutely. Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> yeah, so Swin Forkbeard is now king of England. <laughs> It's not. It's not an English king you hear about very often, yeah. is it? Forkbeard, Canute, Canute, Harold. Yep. Like what the fuck? So after, so after about a month, Forkbeard dies very suddenly, and the nobles invited Ethelred back, and they had a bunch of demands that Ethelred had to agree to. So mm-hmm. it's a big fucking deal. And it was the first time that a king actually negotiated with all of the subjects. Yeah, it makes me think of the Magna Carta a little bit. Like a precursor to them, like, actually telling the king what to do instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. It also showed how very little his subjects respected him. Yeah, like, they're 
basically saying, hey, you're going to abide by these rules. And if you don't, <laughs> Forkbeard's son, Canute, is a very eager to take your spot. Right. So <laughs> Ethelred nonetheless accepted the deal. Mm-hmm. And he and Emma came back in 1015. And Emma left her children in Normandy Two of them, we don't think that she ever saw again. Yeah, her, I don't think she ever saw her son Alfred or her her Godgafu daughter. Godgafu, was that it? Or something like that. <laughs> I just want to look at you when you say that. Godgafu. Don't don't do it. <laughs> so. No, her daughter though was um, pretty at a pretty young age married off to um, some pretty important people in Normandy. So she goes on to like, I think her daughter was just fine yeah and they history gave emma a lot of shit about leaving her kids behind Yeah, but it's like "Mm -hmm, was it really bad yeah so emma does go down in history as like a brutal bitch when it comes to being a mother like she is viewed negatively and as being a bad mom but i don't think that's fair because what was she supposed to do bring her infants back over to a war-torn country and get them killed. And get them killed? No. So she goes down in history as, like, a bad mom because she left her kids there. But, like, what the fuck was she supposed to do? Yeah. And as soon as they get back over to England, Ethelred starts being a dickhead again. So I think she made the right decision. Yeah. Leaving her kids over in Normandy. Bye, babies. All right. You want to take a quick break, Nathan? Yes. Let's top off our drinks. We'll catch you on just a second. We are back. But yeah, like you said, Nathan, as soon as they get back over from Normandy, Ethelred picks up with his same old bullshit. Yeah, he has a bunch of his nobles that have been like Team Forkbeard for life. He had them killed. That's, you know, that's not a good way to heal a country. No. Like when I think of, um, like when we did the Elizabeth Woodville episode and um, her husband... Edward IV forgave a bunch of people that had been on Wardick's side. And that's just a thing you got to do. You got to eat crow when you're trying to mend a country that had been at war. And he was just like, fuck them kids, you know? Like, yeah, that's not how you run a country. Ethelred was just like, they all going to die. And it did not win him any friends, you know? Like, yeah. no one was excited for him to be back. If as soon as he gets back, he starts killing more people. That's not a fun deal to it's make. Not, it's not fun for anybody. And except for maybe Ethelred. <laughs> <Red. laughs> right. And some kings decide to just, like, murder a whole bunch of people that were just trying to, like, protect their families. And it's just... It's and what we're getting at is that Ethelred is really unready. He's not fit What to did be you call him? Ethelred. So, we don't know what... Emma was doing over like the next year or so, but she was likely in London when her husband just like killed over kind of suddenly in 1016. I wouldn't be mad at it. (laughs) Nobody really, like, I feel like everyone was just like, oh, he passed away. Oh, bye. (laughs) Okay. You know, like. Boy, bye. <laughs> yes, or, exactly. Remember that That's SNL? Right. Do you yeah. remember that SNL sketch? Buh-bye. 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 That was kind of the <laughs> England as a whole went, buh-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethel read the buh-bye yeah. is dead in 1016. Yes. And Emma is now a dowager queen. Yeah. And 
if the 984 birthday is right, she's like 32. Otherwise, she's and like if it's yeah. 27. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrong, she's 27. Either way, it... otherwise, she's been in England for over half of her life now, regardless of, or about half of her life now, regardless of when she became queen. And now her stepson Edmund is king. Kinda. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, about half the country wanted Edmund, and the other half of the country wanted the Goga. Canute. Who was the son of Forkbeard. Canute. Canute. Canute is, is on fire. fire. Yes. <laughs> I like Canute, but we'll get to that in a minute. Honestly, I don't know that Emma thought either was a good option for her. Because no. her stepson Edmund didn't like her. And both of these people could um, decide to kill her children. Because they're rivals. You know what I mean? The first non-starter in a conversation is dead babies. Dead. We don't like it. We don't <laughs> like it. Nope. But before she even has a chance to decide what team she's on, her stepson Edmund dies in battle. Some some people think that he was shot while he was on the toilet. Very like Elvis Presley. I was thinking more, what is the Lannister dad on Game of Thrones? Oh, oh. Spoiler alert. Daddy Lannister. Daddy Lannister is what it made me think of. This is actual. (laughs) Tywin? Was it Tywin? Tywin. Tywin. Daddy Lannister. Daddy Lannister. (laughs) But so like he either died in battle or like maybe just died because 11th century. Yeah. Yeah. But Kahoot. Kahoot. I can't even say it now because you said it. Kahoot. Canute. Canute. Canute is on fire. <laughs> so this, uh, now Canute is the undisputed king and he is heading to London to get crowned as king. Yeah. So there is a legend that we don't really know how true it is, mm-hmm. but it's said that in London, you know, they locked up their gates and attempted to resist the Danes coming in and, you know crowning Kahoot on fire. <laughs> and in many tellings of the story, it said that Emma was the leading person in this resistance. Like she was out there being like, La Resistance! Because <laughs> she spoke French. <laughs> she had a flag. Do you hear the people singing? Yes! Singing the song of angry Emma's. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But she was not waving that flag and she was not singing Les Mis at no. the time. Because that's likely not what happened. But regardless if it's true or not, it does go to show that she does have a reputation. As being a strong woman. I being it. a leader at the time. Um, so I'm not mad at this legend, even if it's not true. Do you hear what people say? <laughs> <laughs> in her own biography, though, she wrote that she was actually in Normandy when Canute was coming in to... Canute was on fire. When Canute was on fire and coming in to London. Though... We're going to learn that Emma, in her biography, loved fake news. Um, fake news. Fake news. Because she just she, she just made shit up all the time in her biography, which is fine. But So yeah, in her biography, she says when Canute came to London, she was in Normandy, and he had to like send her gifts on gifts on gifts to get her to come back to England. Oh, are gifts like those moving pictures? No, like diamonds. Oh. Gifts with a T at the end. <laughs> Gifts. Diamonds are a girl. Yes, but most likely she was in London when he came there. You can't have it both ways, Emma. You can't have it that you were leading the resistance and that you were also in Normandy. No, it doesn't work that way, girl. 
we love you. We but... love you, but come on. She she loved to, she thought the truth was a flexible thing. Dredge the Bendy. truth. Bendy. She thought the truth, she, she was like, I never like broke the truth, but I bended it. Like it was. Bendy. It was bendy. <laughs> Let's talk about though how, because she was, like we said, she was probably in London when Canute comes in. So let's talk about how she must have felt. Oh, shit in her pants. Yes. (laughs) I would be. Because London resisted Canute for like a month. That is a lot of work for the people of the town. And if you didn't hear how Katie said that, a month month. is a long time. For them having an army and them just being like people of a town, that is a long time to fight Mm -hmm. off people from coming in. So that alone is scary. So we could not blame Emma for being scared shitless in that month. In that month. And (laughs) so it's really no wonder that she said she was in Normandy. Because she didn't want people to think of her as being this person that was actually just pissing her pants in the Tower of London. Yeah. I don't think the Tower of London had been built yet. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't want to be the girl that's like shitting herself. She didn't have uh, any grown sons to protect her. She didn't have a husband to protect her. She didn't have a baby daddy to protect her. This is the Middle Ages. People just... Everybody needs a baby daddy. Well, no. Just people come in and kill other people all the fucking time. This is is fine. So it's very... (laughs) Yes. I... Ooh. I'm just imagining the anxiety she must have been feeling sitting there be like, is he going to come in here and kill me? Is he going to put me in a dungeon? What is going to happen to me? Uh, Being, what is going to happen to my children? What it, like, it, it's very, it's, it's a lot to process. <laughs> drama. drama. Drama mama. So eventually the new king does make his way to London in the fall of 1016. Mm-hmm. And he has his coronation. And it's the same year on Christmas. Doll. <laughs> what was that? Christmas. Doll. I'm French. It's not how they say any of those uh, words. Okay, so uh, new king is like who this? New king who dis? Um, um, I've had my coronation. What? I wonder why he chose Christmas Day. It seemed like there would be. Like his coronation was on Christmas Day, and it seems like there would be schedule conflicts. He, like I could just imagine me like, oh no, I go to I go to my in laws on he Christmas. Was in, he was in Canut with Jesus. He was in <laughs> they were in Canuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that. But it, yeah, so um, new king who dis? What does it mean for Emma? Yeah, but let's get to know Canut Canut. The roof is on fire a little bit. Though. Okay. Um, he grew up in Denmark. Mm-hmm. He's also heir to the throne of Denmark and Norway. Oh. So. Bougie. Looking, you know. Pretty blue blood there is what I hear. <laughs> he looks exactly what you would think he would look like. You know, tall, mm. reddish blonde hair. Mm. Sounds like the man of fine drums. Mm. <laughs> That's French for dreams. He sounds really super hot. Yeah. If I'm being perfectly honest. Canute, Canute. Knut is on fire because he's hot. Fire crotch. Mm. We know how Katie feels. I, I like. I like heads. me. I like me <laughs> some tall redheads. But he's really like young. He's only like 21, 22. Yeah, and Emma. Baby this, ginger. But Emma at this point would be like thirty-two, so she's about ten years older. Wow, cougar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but unlike some of the other Vikings that had come like pillaging and all that stuff. 
Um, Canute, like, actually, he kind of wants the people to like him. I'm kind of going to boner for him. Like, I mean, let's not get it twisted. He was, he was still from the Middle Ages, so he wasn't all that progressive. But, like, he adopted Christianity, which was a big deal. He, um, learned the language. He tried to get to know the culture, which actually makes me think of Emma when she first got to England. Um, so maybe they have something in common. Yeah, they're both foreigners that tried to, like, get the people to love them. He had actually been living in England for a few years, because remember his dad was king for, like, a month. Um, and he'd been living up in the northern countries, so he was familiar. The north already liked him. The north remembers that he was nice. So is that a Game of Thrones show? Yes, yes, there's several. So, I mean, it wasn't all cash money, though, Mm -mm. up front. Um, At first, he did take away lands from a lot of English people. Mm -hmm. And he ended up giving it over to his, like, Danish bros. Right, right. And that was... He wasn't, like, doing genocide-y So, I mean, compared to... Ethelred, though, he wasn't that bad. It's like comparing apples to razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So he wasn't perfect at the beginning, but at least he wasn't burning people alive, you yes. know? Yes. Dracarys. So, Dracarys. <laughs> so he goes up to Emma, and she's, like, nervous. Like, what does this king want from me? Like, is yeah. he gonna kill me? Is he gonna kill my children? And... Actually, it was pretty customary for when the Vikings, when they, like, took over a new land and killed the king to marry the queen. Because dicks. Well, because it, <laughs> and also it showed, like, I'm in power I'm now. I'm going to make her my bitch, I, basically. Uh, it's sure, really it's sure. Really like, let, that's an oversimplification, but yes. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. And since Canute was pretty desperate for the English to view him as the legitimate king anyway. Okay. He was like, if I marry the old queen, it's basically like, look, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Same queen. I'm king now. Everything's normal. I'm sorry. Same same queen, different penis. I mean. Yeah, but no, he just wanted, he just thought like maybe, because she was popular, you know, and just like, it was, it was a way to live. Just. What? Yeah. It's weird, but it was a way to legitimize himself. So, Knut uh, sent one of his dudes to propose to Emma. So romantic. I know. And uh, propose, we're using loosely. It's a very loose term, yeah. It was more like, hey, you want to not get guilt? You want to not go to prison? Can I stick my dick in you? Marry me. I mean, that's basically what it was. Yeah. So, no. (laughs) But it turns out Emma is pretty fucking ballsy, which we'll see a lot in episode two. And she tells Knut, like, I'll marry you, but I have conditions. Which I think takes some fucking guts. Yeah, it does. And Knut's name just looks like cunt spelled I wrong. know, I don't <laughs> like it. My dyslexic brain looks at Knut a lot and goes, <laughs> Cunt. Cunt. Um, but first off, she's like, I, I'm not just going to be your wife. I'm going to be the queen. I'm going to get coronated. Again. <laughs> and I'm going to be called the Queen of England. Again. And you're going to give me a bunch of lands and income. Again. <laughs> and also, my kids that I have with you, um, or, well, first of all, the kids that I have over in Normandy, don't kill them. Okay. And he was like, 
I mean, seems like very basic marriage agreements to me. Right. And a lot of people give her shit, like, for so willingly to write her sons of Normandy out of line in succession. But look at it like this. If she had fought for their claim to the throne, Mm -hmm. they'd be dead. Or they'd be monks. Or they would not have balls anymore. If There's she, so many criteria here. Like, so many people are like, she just let them not have their birthright. And I'm like, no, she let them be alive. Like, <laughs> I, think it was a, I think it was a diplomatic move, and I don't think it makes her a bad mother whatsoever. Good for her looking out for that, bitch. Right? Um, lastly, she was like, if we have any sons together, they're your heirs, not the sons you have with your other wife. Because, oh yeah, Knut was already married. Oh, whoops. Might have, might have looked past that. He had uh, married this woman in the north. Her name was Ogafu, which we, uh, which was Emma's, like, English name as well. I guess it was a popular I name. guess it, I mean, well, he's crying out her name when he's fucking her. He's not. He's already, he's it. already got it. Yeah. Um, Ogafu. <laughs> Ogafu is how I think you say it. No, but Ogafu. Elgafu! Elgafu! <laughs> it's not a sexy I don't name. like it. It's not, it's not hot. Elgafu, Elgafu, whatever her name was, she was the daughter of the Elderman of York, which uh, Elderman, I believe, is, like, would eventually become the phrase Earl, I believe. Oh. So he's basically, like, the Earl of York. And so he's a very, very powerful man. And is so she's... Duke of Earl? Do, do, no. Do, do, do. <laughs> really? Oh, Ruben. <laughs> Delete. So, Elgafu's family was very, very powerful. Um, so, yeah, like for her to just be like, so those kids and wife are dead to you, and him to just be like, yeah, they're dead to me. Like, that just shows how desperate he was to have... Like, she was such a status symbol, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it doesn't appear that he ever, like, formally divorced her. No! So it's like... (laughs) He was just like, two wives, what's the problem? (laughs) Man, Henry VIII should have picked something up from this Henry VIII should have been like, well, King Canute did this. (laughs) Canute. Canute. Canute is on fire, yes, with his two wives. <laughs> yeah, he never divorced her. He just kind of also married Emma. Emma also would write in her um, biography later that Elgafu was um, just like a concubine. Oh, how shady. I know. I love it. They have, well, I, we'll probably get into it next time, but Emma and Elgafu have a um, not great relationship. <laughs> As one might imagine. <laughs> so Emma and Knut were married in 1017. And from all accounts, it was like, yay, bona fide marriage. Woo! Well, they seemed to like each other. Which is very rare. It's very refreshing. <laughs> Especially after being married to that old man that hated you for... You know it's also refreshing? That what? she's like 10 years older than him? Is that from is that from Wedding Crashers? Or she's no. like she's like, I'm a cat. Kitty cat. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, okay. I don't. Kitty cat, 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 cat. Oh, death dropping over here. In so. me way. <laughs> Reel it in. So he's she's like ten years older than him, so she obviously has more experience. And she's been in England longer. Yeah. So she can tell him like 
oh, don't mess with that guy. He's shady. Be kind. Yeah, be friends so with she, this guy. He's cool. So she's like leaning on him a little bit. He's leaning on her for some advice. Just like she always wanted. I know. She always wanted a partnership. And now it seems she has one. And they have two baby children together. Two baby children? Two baby children. They were not adult children. They were not born adults. They were babies <laughs> no. as children. And his name, their names are not... Knut. <laughs> but it's Hearth Knut. They named their son. I do I do respect that though. They didn't just go and eh, name him Knut like their dad. They're like, mm, Hearth Knut. Gold. And then they had a daughter named Gunhilda. Wow. I'm not missing any of these names, to be honest. Two years. Gunhilda. Gunhilda. Like, I feel like she's metal as fuck. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Two years later, Knut becomes king of Denmark and Normandy as well. So now Emma is thrice a queen. Thrice? Thrice. <laughs> she is queen of England, Denmark, Normandy. Crowns on crowns on crowns. Honey. I'm, I'm going to make it rain, Trey. Make it, make it rain. Yes, <laughs> but let me tell you something great about that. You know how the Vikings had always been coming in and raiding England? Well, now... She is queen of, like, most of the countries the Vikings come from. So they're not going to come and attack their own king. New phone, who dares? So that means the raids stop while Knut is king. So do you think that makes them popular or unpopular? Super popular. Super popular! (laughs) They were so popular! And so, like, she's just on top of the world here. She's on the... Top of the world, looking down on creation. And the only explanation she can find is that she's a boss bitch. Yes. <laughs> so after all those years with a years with a dud old ass husband, she is married to a hot ass king. Got who, that hot ass dick. He listens to what she has to say. Imagine that. They have a good relationship. Imagine they have that. Beautiful babies. They are both popular. And they were rich. Oh my god. They, what could go wrong? They are so wealthy. What could possibly go wrong? You haven't listened to Queen's podcast. And um, I wish I could just be like, and end of, end of story. But instead, just end of episode. Canut yeah. <laughs> is on fire. Canut is on fire. So that's where we're gonna leave her this time. Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. So thanks for listening. If there's something you want to hear, just like hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We're at queens underscore podcast. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. All one word. All smushed up. Queens Podcast. Um, follow us on Facebook. Our intro music is by Kay Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers. Bye, girl. Clink, clink. <laughs> Mwah.